0: It's time to go under the hood with the Indie Fuel. Welcome to the Under the Hood Podcast. I am Andrew Smith. This is the official podcast of the Indie Fuel. It's been a long off season but it is finally time to drop the puck. It seems like a long time ago and it was 9 months ago when Spencer Watson scored the final goal of the Fuels 2019-20 campaign to beat the Kalamazoo Wings 1 to nothing. His 31st on the year setting a club record and we thought at the time that was setting the fuel up for a drive to the playoffs. Instead, unfortunately, the season was canceled. And we have had a long offseason. We've seen a Stanley Cup given out in the fall, and we have awaited this day for a long time. A normal October start has become a December start for the ECHL, but the league is the first in North American-affiliated professional hockey to return to the ice. It will likely be joined by the National Hockey League in January, and the American Hockey League is targeting a February start date. But 13 teams are dropping the puck on Friday nights and this weekend, including the Indy Fuel, who will begin on Friday, December 11th, against the Kansas City Mavericks. That'll be a 7.05 puck drop at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, and we are looking forward to seeing you there. You can get your tickets at IndieFuelHockey.com. There will be no tickets sold at the gate this week for this game due to COVID social distancing concerns. And, of course, the best way to guarantee you'll have a seat for the Indie Fuels contests is to purchase a full or partial season ticket or a five-game pack. And you can find your spot at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum to enjoy what is going to be some spectacular Indie Fuel Hockey. And also, Nick Olchek and I are looking forward to bringing you all 36 home games with audio coverage on IndieFuelHockey.com and video coverage with the ECHL's new streaming partner, Flow Sports. And Flow Sports will also carry all 72 Indie Fuel games home and away. With 13 teams beginning the season and potentially two more planning to join in February at Fort Wayne and Toledo, we're going to see some spectacular hockey. Head coach and general manager Doug Christensen has put together what has got to be the deepest and strongest roster the Indy Fuel have put together. In addition to a really strong returning core of players, including the aforementioned Spencer Watson, the ECHL Sportsmanship Award recipient, Matthew Foget, Darian Ploof, Tim Shoup, Alex Router, Keone Teixeira. Cliff Watson, Dan Backla, among other players, a really strong core from last year's squad. There is a number of experienced and talented newcomers who come from other ECHL teams, come from the American Hockey League, come from the European ranks where, for example, Peter Krieger, who is an elite goal scorer, comes, or Willie Raskob, who has a lot of ECHL experience, That comes and joins the Fuel this season. And so we're going to see a very talented and deep team. But you can say that for every other team in the league as well. The hockey is going to be spectacular. And we are looking forward to opening the season this Friday night. We know the first nine games on the Fuel schedule, including the first five home games. After beginning the season at home on Friday night, the Fuel will travel to Wheeling on Saturday, and then travel to Kansas City on December 18th, and then they're back home on December 26th to face Wheeling. That'll be the first of four consecutive games against the Nailers. The middle two will be in Wheeling, and then back home on January 2nd, and then the 8th and ninth against Greenville, and then the remainder of the schedule will be announced later on, as, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic has us beginning the season, but... A little bit later and with 13 teams with again a couple more planning to join in February and so the league will release the schedule in some smaller segments so we will know the first few games now and then we'll likely know the January and February schedule uh, before long and then hopefully the remainder of the schedule as well but what we do know is that what we're going to see is some great, great hockey, and we are looking forward to dropping the puck at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. It's time for the 2020-2021 ECHL season to begin, and we are joined by the head coach and general manager of the Indy Fuel, Doug Christensen. Just a couple of days away from the season opener against the Kansas City Mavericks, and coach, I know a lot of people have been looking forward to this day. It's been a longer off season than normal certainly the most unusual off-season that we have uh, ever dealt with, but uh, how excited are you to be looking forward to playing hockey and getting back into as close to normal of a routine as uh, as we can have in 2020 and uh, and having opening night just a couple of nights away?
1: Well, we're obviously thrilled. Um, it's, uh, it's a different world. Um, we're very fortunate to be able to play um not everybody has that opportunity um with that comes tremendous responsibility um, we're doing everything in our power to keep our players safe uh and and get ourselves into the best possible position to have a four-point weekend um which is a fun thing to even think about uh especially with all the uncertainty and everything that's gone in the world and uh you know i look at all of our players and i look at our uh, our staff, uh, we're excited. Uh, we also know that there's lots of people in the community that have a, had a lot of hardships since we've played. So hopefully uh, the people who are coming in the building have a little bit of an escape and uh, everybody does so in a safe and, and, and smart way.
0: And you mentioned safety. One of the advantages that you have as a team is the players essentially live together in a team provided apartments up by the fuel tank how important is that to almost be able to create your own mini bubble and keep everybody together to keep them all safe uh, during the week?
1: So, actually, if I'm being completely honest, one of the uh, best pieces about Indy uh, for a player uh, and for a coaching staff in a normal year. In a year with COVID, uh, it is absolutely imperative. It, it helps the players. Um, a, it allows them to have some camaraderie, but on the same time, it, it, it keeps them safe and, you know, in a, a situation where you really don't know who's going to have, have the virus in the community, um, we're able to test, we're able to keep the players isolated, um, and the apartments are a big piece of that.
0: What has been a little bit different about this training camp? Obviously, the, we've had a longer off season, but about the training camp and getting ready for game one than, say, previous years.
1: Well, I think this year is the variables um, and just trying to prepare for a lot of those. But there's so many that you can't. Um, I like our team. I like how we've been able to continue to grow and develop and build off the culture of last year. Um, But, you know, things that you're thinking about are just totally different um, in terms of how the locker room is constructed, uh, how you have your meetings, um, how much time you want the players to have in the rink and be around each other. So there's a lot of things that make it different. Uh, but the one thing that is similar is when the puck drops, the guys still get to play hockey. And the guys are lucky to be able to do that. I'm lucky to be able to coach them. Um, and we need to focus on that and put all of our eggs into, okay, when we're on the ice, we're focused on hockey. We're not focused on the coronavirus. But when we get off the ice, we need to make sure that we get back on the ice the next day. And the only way to do that is to ensure that we're smart and healthy.
0: And let's talk about uh, the team on the ice. And the one thing that from year one to year two, year one's often about building a core. And that was your first year with the Fuel last year. You've got a number of key players back who are really part of a core that you built last year. And it, it, Describe having that group of players guys like Alex Router and Matthew Foget and Cliff Watson and Keone Teixeira and both of your goaltenders, back to lead this team into another season?
1: Well, I think it's great. Um, you know, One of the things that we really tried to do last year was improve upon the culture from the year before. The um, Andy Field has done a really nice job growing and developing year after year, um, and we wanted to add to that. And I believe we did that. And a big part of that was the guys that you mentioned. And I think that those guys are able to come in. They're able to establish how we work, how we practice, how we compete, um, and what it means to be a player for the Indy Fuel. And as, as the coach, that's all you can ask for at this stage, is, is a group of guys that are committed, hungry, uh, and set the stage for everyone else. And the guys who come in have really assimilated nicely. And we need that to continue.
0: You look at last year's team, you had a couple of rookies on the blue line and Connor McDonald and Jake Ryzik, they're back this season. And how important is it, especially as a defenseman, to go from year one to year two and have that off season and to have gone through what professional hockey is like and be able to adjust to the speed and physicality of the game. And now they can hit the ground running here on night one.
1: Well, I think for all the defensemen, uh, it's an opportunity for them to grow. It's an opportunity for them to uh, develop. I mean, just the development of uh, Keone last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a second year player, um, exactly what you're talking about. And so for me, you know, we look at that group and then you also look at a, a defenseman coming in, Mike Lee. Uh, he was an All American in college last year. He was Defensive Player of the Year uh, in his conference. And so he's going to have some of those bumps and bruises and you hope the guys that uh, have gone through it before, like a Connor McDonald can, can assist them, um, in going through some of those, uh, ups and downs that are coming. Uh, but, you know, you look at our decor, um, there aren't many guys that, um, aren't many decors out there that I would change. Um, the addition of Chris Marnett, Scott Savage, uh, are going to be big, impactful players for us. And of course, returning, uh, guys like Cliff, uh, who can really sit the tall.
0: And then you add a guy like a Willie Rascob that's had, a lot of experience both in this league and overseas. And somebody like that, how good is it to have the experience of him or a Scott Savage who's worn a letter in Maine to add to what is already a pretty solid group?
1: Well, in Savage, you already see his leadership qualities. Uh, we're lucky to have him. Um, you know, obviously, he was going to be a leader again in Maine. Um, you can see him coming in and, and exuding that uh, positivity and, and, and commitment right away. Uh, and Willie Raskov, uh, he's, he's a little bit similar to Ben Yowd's, uh, in terms of his overall, uh, you know, how he seats and what he looks like, uh, as a player. Um, you know, he's going to be smooth. He's going to be a good player for us on the power play, uh, helps us in transition. And, you know, a guy that we're going to be able to rely on right away, uh, from day one.
0: You know, last year and kind of sticking with the blue line, you had two real elite power play quarterbacks in Cliff Watson and Keone uh, Teixeira. How important is it to have two guys uh, who can quarterback your both of your power play units because we understand how important special teams are in the game?
1: Well, and I think even more so this year. I think it's going to be a tighter league this year. I think you're going to see even tighter scores. Uh, Cliff's a key part to our team. Um, I have every confidence that he's going to be one of the guys who's one of the captains of the team. Um, he's a leader. And a guy that can contribute on the power play can kill penalties and text. Um, I'm pretty sure nobody in the league has had more power play assists the last two years than him. Um, and so when you're starting with that foundation, uh, it gives your power play some success. And then you add in a guy like Willie Raskob and Mike Lee, uh, their guys are able to step into those minutes and, and really contribute as well. So, um you know Willie Roskov. His last season here, he finished second in the league in power play, or excuse me, in points for defense. Um We're very fortunate to have the guys that we have to be able to contribute on power play.
0: And you look at your forward group, and obviously, we talk about a guy like Spencer Watson, who had a 20 goal season with you in Manchester a couple of years ago, but really had a breakout year last year, finishing second in the league with 31 goals, and um, and it looks like. You have, again, a number of guys up front, like Spencer, who can really fire the puck. But having an elite goal scorer to, to lead your forward group uh, certainly is, is is key, right?
1: Yeah, I just wish he didn't uh, pick up a niggle in training camp. Uh, we're not going to see him this weekend. Um, so that makes it a little bit tricky, but we'll get him for the rest of the year. Uh, he's, he's obviously a guy you can build around, a guy that can score in all situations, a guy who's always dangerous, but um, him being out allows some of the other guys. Uh, Derek Barach is uh, an elite player. Peter Krieger is an elite player. Jared Thomas is an elite player. Um, you know, and obviously you got Seamus Malone and Matt Marceneau who um, are going to be guys that help us a ton in, in all situations as well. So we've got a lot of guys who can contribute offensively and, and can pick up the slack while Spencer's out.
0: And you mentioned guys like, you know, Peter Krieger an elite goal scorer at every level he has been at and a lot of players who have American Hockey League experience as well you mentioned a Seamus Malone or uh, the AHL experience that you have on this team is this maybe the deepest team that that you've had here and obviously you're two years in Indy but you're three years coaching in the ECHL
1: it's definitely the deepest team, no question. Um, I think that it's uh, a byproduct of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to just pump our tires and say how great we are. Um, I think that the the contraction of teams is uh, definitely added to the depth of, of teams. Um, I think we're only going to get better as time progresses, too, as we make additional acquisitions and, and refine our roster. Uh, but he's uh, the, the forward group that we've got, you know, you look at it, our top three lines can all score uh, the America, the guys who are in those top three lines, they all have the ability to play in the American league. Uh, and the fact that they're playing for us um, is because the American league's not playing. And so, um, or at least not yet. So for us, they're guys who can skate, they're guys who can make plays, they're guys who can uh, do a lot of things in transition. And uh, that's, that's hugely impactful for us.
0: And, you mentioned that right now we're starting with 13 teams, hopefully two more to join us in February. Is that going to lead to what is probably some of the best hockey we've seen in the ECHL night in and night out? Because every team is going to be really, really strong.
1: Yeah, no question. I mean, the, the league, you know, Jim uh, Hallett, our owner, asked me, uh, how are the teams that you see? I said, everybody's good. Uh, there's, there's no off nights. There's no bad players, uh, it's, everybody's going to be good, loaded top to bottom. So um, we need to do our part, make sure that we're ready, um, because when Kansas City comes into town on Friday night, uh, we know that they will be, and they'll have a really, really good team as well.
0: Looks like you've added a real mix of size and skill on this team. You've got a lot of skilled players, but also – a lot of a, a lot of bigger guys. Obviously, Chris Martinet, being six seven, is one of those. Uh, but uh, Cody Payne, who you picked up last year, uh, you know Patrick McGrath, obviously is a is a big guy as well. Jared Thomas, another guy uh, who's got a lot of size. How important is that, especially given the teams that you're probably going to see a lot this season in you know Kansas City and Wheeling and. Uh, potentially and hopefully Fort Wayne and Toledo later on down the line?
1: Well, I think it's going to be important. I think it's important that we have that grid. I think it's important that if you see teams over and over that you've got a little bit of uh, sandpaper in your lineup. I thought it was an area that we had to go out and get last year. Um, So it's nice to be able to start with that right now. Um, But there's no question uh, that we're a little bit bigger up front. we got a little bit grittier team. Uh, we'll miss Craig Wozomirski immensely. Um, you know, He's a little bit of a unicorn in the fact that there aren't many like him. Um, but, you know, we've got other guys who are able to step up.
0: Getting a guy like Jared Thomas in the offseason who has the via trade for Alex Brooks, who has the history he has in the ECHL as a 20-goal scorer with Tulsa and somebody who has been able to to do a lot um, Just describe his game and what he's going to add to the team.
1: Sure. Well, Jared, you know, two years ago, uh, finished second in the league in points per game uh, in players who played uh, over 40 games. Uh, He obviously can contribute offensively. He's had success. He's won a national championship in college with Peter Krieger. Um, You know, obviously we gave up an all-star defenseman to get him in Alex Brooks. And so uh, last year he had an injury-plagued season. Um, he comes in healthy, and uh, I think the nine months off, you know, it has different impacts on different guys. I think for him it was really good because uh, it allowed his body to heal after getting banged up a little bit. And you know, he's a guy that I think is going to uh, really be able to put up some numbers.
0: How have a lot of the guys handled the off season? As far as they weren't able to train for a while, and then there was this real sense of uncertainty as to when leagues were going to be starting up and the ECHL was pretty uh, forthcoming and getting started in December. But what was it like for a lot of them? And also what was it like for you in putting a roster together for this season?
1: For me, uh, it was a lot of um, trying to adapt and adjust um because a lot of things changed right the players that were available in june were different than the players that are available in november um and even now in december and so you really have to kind of deal with that juggling act as for the players i think it was hard some of them really benefited in terms of training i mean we talked about jared thomas uh you know matt Folgate had two straight summers where he had surgeries well this year he had nine months to be able to prepare um Other guys uh, were able to stay in tremendous shape and got stronger and quicker and all that. Um, Some guys uh, obviously didn't do as good of a job. And, you know, those guys are obviously going to have to get weeded out and if they haven't been already. So, um, bottom line is uh, it it impacted everybody differently. Um, But I think for the most part, our guys did a really good job staying in great shape and uh, coming into camp properly.
0: When we look at the last couple weeks of training camp and look forward to Friday night's game, who have been a couple of players that have maybe surprised you and by the way they've raised their level of play here these first couple of weeks?
1: Peter Krieger has been outstanding. Um, I think he's going to be a really, really good player for us. Um, I think Keone has improved um, a a significant amount. Um, He looks really good. Um, I think Derek Roch is going to be a, a high-level guy for us um, and is a little bit of a right-handed Bobby McIntyre. Um, I think those guys are really going to step up. And I think, as I mentioned before, uh, the three D-men that we added late, Martinette, Savage, and Lee, I think are all going to be really good players.
0: And then... You- you look back at the goaltending position, the fact that you've got a couple of veterans and Williams and Bacala and Dan Bacala came in midseason last year after a number of years in Europe and a lot of success there. and Charles Williams's resume really stands for itself or speaks for itself with the year he had last year and the year he had a couple of years ago in Manchester as well. How comforting is it to have two really solid goaltenders to build from the goal out with?
1: Well, unfortunately, um, and this is a little bit of news, I'm sure this isn't going to go out today, Charles Williams, for medical reasons, won't be with us. Um, and so that's uh, that's effective today. So that's right, a hot off the press on December 8th. So um, he's an outstanding person, uh, a goalie that speaks, uh, that, as you said, his record speaks for itself. Um, it's a huge hole for us. He's a fantastic person. Um, you know, and down the stretch last year, I believe he went 15-4-1. Um, and so he was, he was great for us. And obviously it was a big part of our Manchester team that had so much success. Um, as it pertains to, um, uh, Bacala, well, actually is going to be given the chance here uh, of a lifetime and he's going to be given the ball. Uh, and we expect him to be able to run with it. And, uh, and, and, and he's done it before. Um, he'll be going Friday night against Kansas City. And we'll look forward to, uh, you know, our updated goalie situation in the day's ahead.
0: And with, with him, though, the, the fact that he has so much experience in Europe and now here in North America really prepares him for this opportunity, does it not?
1: Certainly. I mean, everywhere he's been, he's been the guy. Uh, so here's an opportunity for him to uh, lead us right away. We're excited about it. He obviously came in last year. Um, and did a fantastic job for us. And there's no reason to think that he won't. He's had a great camp. And uh, for us, uh, that's an exciting thing to to get the ball going with.
0: It's kind of hard to tell through a couple of weeks of practice, and you weren't able to play any preseason games this year. But what kind of personality do you see this team beginning to take as it, it begins to head into the first weekend?
1: We're going to compete. We're going to be able to skate. I think a lot of the attributes that last year's team had in terms of our ability to hurt teams off the rush will continue. Um, but I think we're going to have a, a better blend of physicality, grit. Um, but I think the biggest thing is you're a team that's passionate, and a team that competes.
0: As we... Uh going to go forward here, have you had a chance to really look at the rosters, the teams you're going to be playing? Obviously you're going to see Kansas city this weekend. You're going to see wheeling a lot uh, here. These first few games as well. And we're likely going to see those two teams quite a bit to just because of geography, but um, you know, we've talked about earlier, the caliber of play is going to be really, really good. But uh, uh, what, are you you know what, what do they look like at least on paper as they come in this weekend
1: well they're really good has um, Ben for Kansas City has been one of the top offensive players the last couple of years uh, you know there are a number of recruiting battles that we had with Kansas City and uh, they won one or two and we won a bunch uh, as well so uh, they've got some really good players there uh, wheeling is always good. They always have a good foundation with their affiliate with Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, they've got – they're a young team like us. They're a hungry team like us. They've obviously added Jolly, who's an elite offensive player. Um, And he's a guy that can hurt you in any situation. So, for us, uh, we're seeing two good teams this weekend. But that's all we're going to see this year uh, is good teams. And and that's a fun challenge for us.
0: When you – Think about you know you've had a great relationship with the Blackhawks and with the Rockford IceHogs uh, and the importance of that affiliate relationship is that especially so during this season where there may not be as much player movement just because of the COVID reasons and and the desire to keep everybody safe and maybe keep players as as close together as possible.
1: Well, I think team chemistry is going to be really important. I think a shared vision, I think, is really important. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that a team has to love each other. Uh, you don't always have to get along with your brother, but you gotta you gotta love them. Um, and I think that that's what this team is is going to have. Obviously, that's a, a built relationship; it doesn't just start that way. Um, but I think that we've got so many good people in our dressing room. Uh, we got to stay committed to staying safe. We got to stay committed. Uh, to playing hockey. And if we can do that, that allows us to have success on the ice and work our way towards our, our next obstacle and our next challenge. And um, we're just got to focus right now in Kansas City. And uh, once that game's over, look forward to cutting the video, uh, staying up real late, not getting much sleep, just like you normally do the other season, and turn around, and get ready for wheeling.
0: We've talked about this before, but you've got a lot of guys on this team that wore letters at some point. They're captains, they're alternate captains, either in the pros or in college or for their junior teams. And how important is it to have a room full of high character guys as you begin to build some chemistry going into the year?
1: Well, you know this is going to sound cliche, but it's the truth. In a normal year, I think it's incredibly important. But I think this year even more so. Um, it's going to provide different challenges, right? Usually uh, you'd, you'd have a team where they can blow off some steam. They can, you know, go maybe to a Colts game or they could go do other things. And, you know, right now they just really have to bubble down and uh, stay focused. And that's going to be hard for the guys. And I think that the leaders uh, of the team are going to have to collectively share that burden um, and help guys through it with ebbs and flows because, you know, in a normal season, guys' girlfriends are able to come visit. Uh, guys are able to uh, go home for All Star break or go other places, and those things just don't exist this year. Um, and that makes a really tough challenge. And so, the leadership this year is going to have to really pull the team together and and get them to buy into what I think is is a fantastic opportunity.
0: Well, Coach, uh, can't thank you enough for joining us here to preview the season and. We're looking forward to seeing you and the team on the ice on Friday night. I know it's been a long off season, and uh, uh, it's nice to be back into another hockey season and be preparing for 72 nights of great hockey.
1: Thanks so much. Stay safe, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you
0: Friday. And we want to thank Indy Fuel Head Coach Doug Christensen for joining us on this edition of the podcast. The puck drops Friday night. The Indy Fuel against the Kansas City Mavericks. We hope to see you in the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. If not, Nickel Jack and I will join you online at IndyFuelHockey.com and on video at FlowSports.com. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood. I am Andrew Smith. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.